Like so many others, who you are is largely a result of your past. We have so many positive and not so positive experiences that we start to doubt ourselves and our place in this world. Let the healing process start now. Welcome to Shift Happens with Karin Weary. When you start to focus on healing from the inside out, you'll learn so much more about your own health, your well-being, and your state of mind. Once you've started on that, the rest gets a little bit easier every day. Now, here is your host, Karin Weary. Hello and welcome to Shift Happens, where we give you tips and tools on how to shift things in your life. In fact, become the driver of your emotions so that you become the director of your life and that you become the main character in your life instead of the understudy or the extra. You're going to want to pull out your dusty old yoga pants after today's episode because we're going to share with you how yoga can be a pathway to your personal shift. Now, the other day I was listening to Tony Robbins' uh, podcast where he was interviewing Deepak Chopra. And Deepak was talking about an experiment where people, they were giving some sort of uh, medication that would block um, their ability to take on the uh, any kind of pain medication. And then they were given a pill, a placebo, of course, who knows, an M&M, who knows. <laughs> and they were told that this was going to help them stop their pain. And what do you know, their brain was able to produce something that stopped the pain. And so this, he was talking about how what the person, the people they produced was more powerful, way more powerful than any pharmaceutical And why was that? That was because they believed that this was something that was going to help them. And that is the whole point. The most powerful thing in our life is what we believe. And what we believe, we tend to manifest because we produce um, evidence of what it is that we believe. So, for example, when I believe that I can't find love, what do you know? I'm going to um, attract all kinds of people who don't love me. If I believe that I'm going to get sick, what do you know? I am going to get sick. So, you know, we have this whole, uh, we're raised with this whole belief, well, attitude, whatever you want to call it, that we have to see it before we believe it. And the thing is, the funny thing is that this is really upside down. We have to believe before we see it. And that's the big challenge. And the reason why this is so in, uh, challenging also is because our beliefs are so ingrained in us. In fact, 90% of our beliefs are basically uh, programmed into our brain before the time we we're seven years old. And it was programmed in during a time when we were very, our brains were very uh, open to sucking up all the information around us. And guess what that means? That means that we took on beliefs of our parents, which they took on the beliefs of their parents, and so on and so forth for generations. So what I'm sitting with right here is the product of belief system that might be 200 years old. (laughs) And, you know, that might not be very beneficial here and now to how life is. So that means that we have to wake up. 
So the last couple of months, uh, Bill and I, we've been talking a lot about our different transformational journeys. And um, Bill, he is a yoga instructor. He discovered yoga about five years ago, and it be- went, went ahead and became a yoga instructor. And that, when as we were talking about, um, you know, what, yoga did for Bill, I thought, wow, this is really an inspiration. And I would love if you would come on to the show and share what happened to you, what all it did for you with the world. Because see, here's the thing. I always thought that yoga was just yoga. There's hot yoga and there's regular yoga. (laughs) But I have since learned (laughs) there's a lot more to it. So Bill, thank you so much, first of all, for taking the time out of your business schedule to be on here. So, um, welcome. Thank you, Karin. I appreciate you uh, inviting me on and uh, very humbled by the offer. Uh, It's been a pleasure talking to you for the last couple of months and sharing my journey and experiences with yoga and life and um, just everything in general. Um, I'm really in alignment with uh, your show and bringing shift and, and recognizing the shift that's happening in the world. And, um, and I'm happy to contribute. Yeah, it's super exciting. It's a, an exciting time that we're living in, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. Yep. So how did you first? So, um, yeah. Yeah, so I, 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 I'm guessing I'll start at the beginning um, since I'm a student of life. So I was uh, put up for adoption at birth. Um, just give you, you know, start at the really, really early beginning and um, was adopted about five weeks after I was born, kind of been living life, moving through uh, different challenges, some good times, some not some good times, um, but lots and lots of great memories of my life. But again, taking on the belief systems of what was going on in my family, what was going on for uh, my DNA and that family that I wasn't attached to at the time. So I had some conflicting feelings going on and not quite always feeling like I fit in. Um, flash forward into my life, worked on, um, you know, becoming a workaholic, being attached to different things to find some success, some stability, some different things to try to define who I was and was very early able to um, change who I needed to be to fit into my surroundings and never really be grounded into what I was really, who I was inside at my core. Um, that lasted for about 38 years. And then I realized something has to change. Um, I had no real clear definition of who I was. Um, there were things that I was interested in, yet I was no longer getting joy from those things. Mm-hmm. which is contradictory. Obviously, your hobbies and things that you take on, they should be those things that offer relief. And those things became my, my jailer, if you will. It became my burden. Mm-hmm. Um, so I realized I needed to start another journey. I was grateful for recovery. Um, I'm a member of 12-step community, um, uh, ACA. Uh, we're not going to get too much into that, but um, that's really what solidified my journey into self-discovery. So I started to really dig down deep into what I was working on, uh, really started to become aware and self-actualized about the choices I was making. Um, what I, how I like to tell my story is one day I got hit by a two by four in the head when I realized it was the choices that I had made that put me where I was. (laughs) What? (laughs) (laughs) Who, who does that? (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, like I, I finally like took ownership for where I was yeah. and not my not my circumstances, but realized that I have the power to do something different. Mm-hmm. And that kind of opened this huge door for me to start to just try different things. You know, if you, uh, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. So I started to do different things. Yeah. Um, I, I was lucky enough to get a job at a uh, treatment center and started working my way through watching how other people live their lives and learning and growing, um, taking workshops, learning about somatic experience. Uh, I found myself in a position where I was recommending yoga to uh, people that were discharging from the refuge, you know, the place where I was working and um, I wasn't doing it myself. Mm-hmm. And through my 12 step community, I realized that um, to be a man of integrity, um, I shouldn't be recommending things I know nothing about. Mm. So I started to try yoga sporadically, hated it. <laughs> really, really, really didn't like it. Made me very uncomfortable, made me very insecure. I was sitting there comparing myself to everyone in the room. Mm. Um, just, yeah, it was just not a fun place for me to go. <laughs> and I realized the sporadic use was not really immersing myself into it. So I made a commitment in my life to do yoga twice a week in a studio for a year. Mm. And then if after that year was over, I still hated yoga. I would just say, you know, it just wasn't for me. Yeah. But you gave and it a course, good go. Well, exactly. I said, at least I gave it a real shot. You know, yeah. two days a week for a year. That's a real commitment. <laughs> you know, and then, and then I can really honestly look someone in the eye and say, hey, yoga is great. It's just not for me. Yep. Uh, that was not the experience I had. Um, it was about six weeks into when I started to realize that my comparing my judgment of my performance, um, my need to be the best in the room, my ego and pride that I was walking into the room with um, was not serving me. Mm. It was not helping me in that yoga room and it was not helping me in my life outside the yoga room. Mm. And it was, it would, it kind of opened up a doorway and I'm so grateful f- to bliss life yoga in Ocala, Jennifer McCracken, who was an amazing teacher who created an environment for me to have my own experience. Mm-hmm. And I can't echo enough how valuable it was for me to not be too heavily guided at that moment, for me to just be there with myself, with my thoughts, with what was coming up for me in my body and having to, having to face some cold, hard facts mm-hmm. that I had these images that I had about myself, these thoughts and belief systems I had created about who I was and how I was supposed to show up in the world that Mm. I didn't really attach to. What did I do with discomfort when I was uncomfortable in the room? What what was I doing with all that? Mm. And, And I got to slowly through this course of events really look at who I was, what I was feeling in my body, and that's a whole other conversation about growing up as a man in Western culture and how we're told to not attach to our feelings and yeah. just walk it off. You know what I mean? Oh, that didn't hurt. Stop crying. All this stuff. How, how we're told very early to abandon yeah. what we're feeling in our bodies and abandon what we're feeling in our emotions. Which and, is detrimental and, to you as a man and as a human being and moving on into relationships. Because if you're supposed to abandon all that, then... That's what happens in so many relationships, too, that yeah, it's just brushed aside. It's no big deal. And then the resentment builds and you can't communicate. And 
it's it's a disaster. It's a recipe for disaster. <laughs> absolutely, uh, yes. absolutely. And I had no idea how, what far-reaching effects that those thoughts were going to have mm-hmm. until I started to take those ideas of not comparing myself, not living in pride and ego, not needing to be somebody I wasn't, and yeah. just allowing myself to be who I am, how much of an impact that was going to have on my life outside of the yoga room. Mm. And without yoga, I never would have had that minute to slow down, feel what was going on in my body, notice what was coming up in my mind. And accidentally, I had a spiritual experience (laughs) as I realized there was more going on inside of me than just what was I feeling in my body and what was I thinking about it. There was also this gentle kindness inside of me telling me it was okay. Yeah. And what I was feeling was fine. Yeah. And giving myself permission to feel whatever was coming up. Yes. What an epiphany. It may not have happened all at once, but it, it's it's a journey. And if you don't take that time to listen and feel and think and notice, then it's not going to happen. Yeah. So that's the beauty of the fact that you also made that commitment to spend a year two days a week. And uh, because most people would have just taken it as like, ah, did it, you know, one or two classes. I'm never going to do that again. <laughs> so. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, and, and, and some advice for other men that might be thinking about doing yoga, because I know Western culture, it seems to be much more of a female uh, attachment, I think, because they're already somewhat connected to their bodies, somewhat more connected to their feelings. And that stuff just coincidentally comes up you know, while you're doing uh, that stuff. So for me, I sat up in the front of the room so that I wouldn't be distracted by what was going on in front of me. Mm -hmm. I could pay a little more attention to what the teacher was saying because I wasn't distracted. And to know that through the lineage, when I started to do some learning about yoga and before I even took my yoga teacher training, it was some brave men who brought yoga to the forefront of the world. Mm. And that kind of gave me some inspiration of these, these brave men who were very um, inventive. They were, they took a lot of courage and, and time out to dedicate their lives to bringing yoga to the world, to creating um, a yoga practice that the world could do. That was not, you had to go be a monk somewhere and learn it. It was very isolated back where it started in India and we're going back 5,000 years. Yeah. So, So you know, it used to be monks and other people. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I can yeah. go. Well, let's go ahead and and uh, take a little quick break here. And when we come back, we're going to talk more about where, who was it that brought this up and over to the West and how it also is effective, especially for males. It's not just a female thing. It's a male thing. <laughs> and we can grow and develop from there. So hang in there. We'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Insight's Dramatic Weight Loss Coaching Program is a transformational program healing you from the inside out so you can finally achieve your healthy weight for good by resolving the underlying reason why you've been holding on to the weight. 
The program features nine transformational individual sessions. You'll rebuild gut health and reduce inflammation. It's not a diet. Instead, you'll learn how to make peace with food and develop clean eating as a lifestyle. Visit InsightsCounselingCenter.com to find out more. Do you feel that you aren't at your best when it comes to your personal health? Even if your doctor gives you a clean bill of health and says everything is in working order, perhaps you aren't feeling at the top of your game. Dr. Rebecca Risk overcame pain and fatigue despite all tests to the contrary. Learn how she put her health back on track and how you can too on Falling Through the Cracks. Live every Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time on Voice America Health & Wellness. When a woman is diagnosed with breast cancer, it's probably the most frightening thing that's ever happened to her. Friends and family often don't know what to do for support, not to mention the patient herself. That's where Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio comes in. Join Becky Olson and Sharon Hennepin, breast cancer survivors and advocates. They help by providing inspiration, information, and most of all, hope. Tune in Wednesdays at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel and Thursdays at 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Women's Channel. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. listening to Shift Happens with Karin Weary. Do you have a question or comment about today's program? If so, we'd love to hear from you. Call in to the live show at 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. Or send an email to W at insightscounselingcenter.com. Remember that Karin is spelled K-A-R-I-N. Now, back to Shift Happens. And we are here today talking about how yoga can turn up the juiciness factor of your life and make some real magic happen. I have Bill Kinlock here with me today as my guest. He's a yoga instructor, among other things. And in the last segment, we were talking about how, uh, as Bill, he realized that there's some things in his life that weren't giving him joy that it, what used to, he decided, you know, I need to do something different. And he was open to try new things, even things that really didn't feel good in the beginning and made the commitment to stick with it. Because when you were just saying how, when you first tried yoga, you did not like it at all, but you decided to give it one year going twice a week. See, a lot of people you know, when they stick their head out of their comfort zone and it's, it's uncomfortable. <laughs> That's the whole part is that you're doing something different and doing something different is uncomfortable. Most human beings do not like change. They want to feel safe and they want to do what they've always done. But when you keep doing what you've always done, you keep getting more of what you always gotten. So if you don't like how, where your life is, you don't like what's going on. Guess what? You're going to have to get uncomfortable. So you made the commitment and stuck with being uncomfortable for quite some time, Bill. <laughs> yes, I did. And um, just to, to speak a little bit more about that. So I didn't realize how facing uncomfortability at that time. I was very early in my recovery stage. And definitely, you know, I had done a few things, stepped out of my comfort zone a few times. But walking into that yoga room, it was very uncomfortable. Um, 
it was uh, a space I wasn't familiar in. I was the only guy in the room. I was comparing myself to people that had been doing yoga for 20 years and I felt like a fish out of water. Um, I wanted to run. I wanted to run out of there and go back to the gym where I felt comfortable, where, you know, I felt I can move some weight and, you know, feel manly. And yeah. uh, there were, and then, I, you know, the realization of who am I to compare myself to these people that have been dedicating their lives to this practice for 20 years. Mm. And I, and I am not a flexible man. Uh, from years of working on cars and and lifting weights and not stretching my body um, has left me with a very bound up um, body that I had to face. Um, there were physical reasons why I was bound up and there were psychological, emotional reasons why I was bound up. Yes. And I didn't realize that until I started to get, you know, the wording is there's issues in the tissues. <laughs> and when I start to move those parts of my body and when I start to you know, hold a pose for a little while and notice all the muscles that I'm holding on to that I don't need for that pose. Why am I holding on to those muscles? Mm. All this discomfort starts coming up. And what do I do with it? Do I notice it? Do I try to react it? Do I try to explain it away in my brain? You know what I mean? Do I want to run? All these different things started coming up and I realized, hey, maybe that's what this whole yoga thing's about. Mm. What do I do with the discomfort? Wow. Because uh, I, I had another great yoga teacher, Leslie Glickman, down at Yoga Journey in Boca. Uh, that's Florida, Boca Raton. She studied under someone named Brian uh, Keston. He has this great quote that I still use today. How we do anything is how we do everything. Yeah. And I realized that how I acted when I was just in discomfort on the yoga mat was how I was acting when I was faced with discomfort in my life. Mm. I would want to run from it. I would want to control it. I would want to change it. I would compare whatever's going on, try to somehow explain it away to make myself feel less discomfort rather than just sit in it. Yeah. Let, wow. And let it happen. Yeah. So, yes. So this is a huge piece of it. Awakening, noticing it, and then sitting with it. So what happens when you sit with this? Because this is this is the scariest part for most people. Is like, oh, if I open it up, it'll never stop. You know, it'll, I'll be overloaded, <laughs> flooded, and I won't be able to handle it. And that'll be it. And that's why we squash it all back down because we don't want to yep. open that up. So what happens? Yes. You open it up and there it is and you sit with it, Bill. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly it. You just sit in it. You don't try to make sense of it. For me, I can only speak for my experience was once I started letting go of needing to explain what was happening to myself, quieting my mind down and just saying this is coming up because it's part of who I am. Something happened in my life to instill this feeling mm. and I choked it down then because maybe I wasn't old enough or didn't understand how to handle it. Mm -hmm. And now that I am in a quiet space where I am safe where I know that I can let this come up and maybe I can only let it come up a little bit at a time, which is a beautiful thing about a regular practice because every time you get into that pose and that tissue issue comes up, hmm. I can take it for a little bit. And then when I need to move on to the next pose to let that go, I can just keep touching and touching that uncomfortability until it becomes more familiar and it doesn't have that heavy reaction. Yeah. It doesn't, it, I don't have this big need to run, deny, block, distract, whatever I use to, you know, at that time to get away from the discomfort. And over time, it became smaller. 
and it had less of a need to run away from it. And then it obviously has less control over me because now it's not the 800 pound gorilla. Now it's the 12 pound little cute monkey. It's, (laughs) oh, isn't that nice? Isn't that an interesting, that's still there. Yeah. You know, after all this work I've done, isn't that interesting that that feeling is still there? I no longer have this need to run like I'm in a marathon race away from that I can just say, oh, isn't that nice and notice it because I've touched it so many times doing the regular practice that now it's not something I need to shy from. But it is in the beginning. It's like, what's that? Mm-hmm. Why am I just in this yoga pose and I feel like crying? Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and also, why am I in this yoga pose and I feel like laughing? Because yeah. <laughs> it reminds me of something I did maybe when I was a child. Yeah. You know, it's like all kinds of beautiful things come up, whether it's discomfort or happiness. You never know what's going to come up. You might just find yourself smiling in a certain pose because it just feels good. Yeah. And, and, and those things happen, you know. Yeah. yeah. And, and so there's, I like how you talk about, and this is what we do because in, in my work, uh, as a therapist, I use a particular modality that's called EMDR, which um, is an amazing process of doing this work as well. But so what, what you're talking about is having this dual reality that, okay, I am here now as this adult, even though something that happened a long time ago, my brain thinks that it's still happening because uh, a part of the brain that, that brings it up doesn't know time. It's fluid. Uh, so, but being able to have that awareness that, no, 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 this happened a long time ago. I'm just going to bring it up a little bit until I can handle it and, and wear it off. So I, I think it's beautiful how this happens, can happen in yoga as well. Yeah, and, and, so, and you touched on the beginning of the show how there's different styles of yoga. So for me, this is very important to communicate when we're talking about having that safe place and being an adult you and then looking at the stuff that may have happened in the past. Um, for me, it was very, I got really, really lucky. The universe was looking out for me and brought me to a studio that I felt very safe in. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of different studios out there. Everybody's different. Yep. And I would say, keep trying different places until you find the studio, the teacher, the energy, maybe the people that didn't come to the class, bring the right kind of energy so that you feel safe. Just keep trying all the different studios in your town and pick out the ones that maybe one day you want a really good workout and you want to go hit hot yoga, but maybe one day you're sad because something emotional came up in your life and you need to chill and you're going to find a yin studio or you're going to find a Kripalu studio and something where you can have permission to feel what you need to feel to hold the pose the way you need to hold it and it's not so structured and you can let yourself be in that kind space of acceptance mm-hmm. and it, that's why there's so many different styles and so many different teachers because uh, everybody needs something different yeah everybody needs that thing where to help them feel safe and give yourself permission to find that Give yeah. yourself permission to go to the right place so that you can find that. Don't walk into a hot yoga studio. Oh, my God, it's 107 degrees in here. I'm never doing that again. There's more out there. Yeah. So, so much more out there. There's so many gifted, wonderful teachers out there. You know, the hot yoga, Bikram yoga, that stuff changes people's lives. I've sat and spoke with people. Not That's not what I necessarily attach to, but mm-hmm. I've talked to people that have told me it has changed their life. So there's something out there for everybody. And I highly recommend trying different kinds. Yeah. Yeah. So even though you didn't like yoga, there was still something about the studio and the instructor and the energy in the room that, you know, you, that felt good because, you know, just to kind of clarify that part of, 
keep going back and finding, you know, but also just experimenting with different kinds as well, you know, different yoga. Do that as part of your journey. Yeah. So. Absolutely. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. And um, yes, because I was looking up uh, just a couple of things because you were saying that you do um, Kripala and Ashtanga yoga. So the. Uh, Kripalu. Sorry. I probably didn't. Yes. Kripalu. Yeah. Which originated up in uh, Pennsylvania. Hmm. And um, now there's Kripalu all over the world. Um, it's a, it's a recognized, um, style, uh, something that I attach to more because of the, uh, not only cause I'm not as flexible. And, um, by the way, uh, one of my teachers has a great thing. If you don't go to yoga cause you're not flexible, it's like not taking a shower cause you're too dirty. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> um, don't yeah. let your lack of flexibility keep you out of the yoga room because yeah. that's how you'll become flexible by letting go of what you're holding on to. But um, yeah, Kripalu is very accessible for people with handicaps, uh, mm-hmm. people who are older, maybe not as flexible. It's a very uh, gracious, it's, it's very allowing where it's not a very rigid structured. There's only one way to do it. Um, yeah. Kind of like all things are legal. You know yeah. what I mean? Whatever modifications you need for the pose to work for your body. Because yeah. one of the great things you learn becoming a teacher is you learn anatomy. And you learn biology and everybody's bone structure is different. So the person next to me on the mat is not going to look like I do because their bones aren't formed the way mine are. (laughs) You know what I mean? So it's, you can't, you know, comparing yourself is, is, is a exercise in futility. It's not going to help you to compare yourself to the other people in the room. Not only did they not live the life you live, but their bones are even different than you are. So everyone's view of the pose is going to be just a little different. And it's so useful to, through that process of yoga teacher training, you'll, I learned so much about myself. A journey of self-discovery is waiting for you in a yoga teacher training. I'm telling you, it's amazing. Yeah. So when we come back, we are going to talk a little bit more, more about um, how uh, the different kinds of yogas that, that are out there, what can be uh, the best for you and and how our emotions are stored in our body so hang in there we'll be right back Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Insight's Dramatic Weight Loss Coaching Program is a transformational program healing you from the inside out so you can finally achieve your healthy weight for good by resolving the underlying reason why you've been holding on to the weight. The program features nine transformational individual sessions. You'll rebuild gut health and reduce inflammation. It's not a diet. Instead, you'll learn how to make peace with food and develop clean eating as a lifestyle. Visit InsightsCounselingCenter.com to find out more. Tune in to The Wellness Connection for the latest and most comprehensive information about health and wellness topics. From natural health and green living to regulation, political views, and legislation. Each week, hosts Peter McCarthy and Radia Gleese interview renowned experts who will answer questions and provide the keys to your better health and better life. Listen for The Wellness Connection live every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time and noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. 
Explore the power of natural healing with Howard Strauss. Join us each week for an informative program that will help you learn effective healing methods using natural remedies. Howard's guests include top researchers, authors, and experts who will share their views on a variety of natural products and healing methods that really work. Tune in to The Power of Natural Healing with Howard Strauss, Mondays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. listening to Shift Happens with Karin Weary. Do you have a question or comment about today's program? If so, we'd love to hear from you. Call in to the live show at 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. Or send an email to W at insightscounselingcenter.com. Remember that Karin is spelled K-A-R-I-N. Now, back to Shift Happens. Yes, we are back talking about yoga and how yoga can be your pathway to changing your belief system of who you are because our belief, what we believe, is what happens in our life. And sometimes our belief system isn't what is going to be create the life that we want. We talked in the beginning of this show about how our belief system is pretty much um, planted into you by the time you're seven years old. And, and often that's not your decision, a conscious decision that you made. So I brought Bill Kinluck on here because he's a yoga instructor and I have done yoga many times. I enjoy yoga, but as I introduced, I have never really delved into the different kinds of yoga and what they all do. And so learning first, uh, when my son, he was in Montessori, one of the other Montessori moms was going through their yoga instructor training and was telling me a little bit about what, how deep, you know, I was just getting the surface part, but I got, could just see how deep this goes. And so, Bill, when you were telling me that you uh, did the uh, Ashtanga and the Kripalu, Kripalu, <laughs> I'm having a hard time with that one. But uh, yep. so I just went Kripalu, yep. <laughs> Kripalu. So um, I did a quick look up of what those are. So Ashtanga is what I found on Google, our best friend. I was that it's a it tends to be a faster pace, flowing series, and the purpose is internal cleansing and synchronizing breathing and movement in the asanas. That it's designed to heat the blood so it can clean and thin the blood, creating a better blood circulation, which then relieves joint pain and removes toxins and disease from the internal organs. I love that part. Anybody who's ever listened to me talk loves know how I get fired up about natural ways of helping our body design do what it's designed to do to heal itself. And then on Kripalu, it talked about that it emphasizes meditation and breath work and encourages inward focus, spiritual attunement, basic the basic principle in that, that you can initiate a gradual process of physical healing, psychological growth, and spiritual awakening, which is exactly what you're talking about happened to you. Absolutely. Yeah. 
so then I was, and I, and I started with the Kripalu mm-hmm. and then to challenge myself further, I was very uncomfortable with the Ashtanga. It much, it's much more um, fast paced. It's a little more linear practice with emphasis on um, getting the pose just right and then sequencing your poses in a way that um, work on the same groups of muscles. I, I was, it was very much out of my comfort zone is what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and I really liked that it was going to push me out of my comfort zone. So I went to Ashtanga afterwards. So I got to have a great spiritual experience with Kripalu mm-hmm. and then went to Ashtanga afterwards. I was very challenged mentally and physically. Um, I definitely, Ashtanga is a detoxification of your mind, body, and soul. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause it helps you challenge your belief systems about your abilities yeah. for me. I can say that I challenged my belief systems about what I was able to do. I challenged myself with looking at more closely at what I was eating, mm-hmm. how I was thinking about myself, how I was showing up in the, in the rooms mm-hmm. when I was doing yoga. And then as I, you know, after I left, how was that same thinking showing up? Um, Ashtanga really, you know, it's, 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 kind of hard to describe you almost have to do it there's mostly a vinyasa practice which means connecting the movement with breath Mm -hmm. so each movement is connected with either an inhalation or an exhalation and everything is tied into each other Mm -hmm. um there's something very spiritual about that it's almost like meditation yeah as you're moving through sun salutations as you're moving through moon salutations whatever you're you know whatever you're emphasizing on that practice um it's like going back to the sun salutation a sun salutation b it feels like meditation mm. it feels like i'm going to exert myself really far on this back bend and now i'm going to go back to what to that safety and kind of wipe the slate clean kind of and and i'm quoting that from uh, my my fantastic teacher that i had in uh in boca leslie glickman it because it, it's so accurate it does mm. it feels like okay now i just exerted myself now i'm going to do a sun b or a sun a and wipe that slate clean get rid of any feelings I had about how that turned out, any judgment I had about what I thought I could do and just start all over again. Yeah. And um, I gained so much from both practices. I can't, I can't say I love one more than the other, but they were completely different experiences and deepened me, my understanding emotionally as a man, mm-hmm. uh, deepened my emotional and spiritual awareness, mm-hmm. allowed me to see myself with more kindness and compassion Mm. And, and then that in turn allowed me to see the world with more kindness and compassion. Yeah. Because once I learned it about myself, then I can give it. Yeah, exactly. Because we are all our own worst and harshest critic. And when, we, when we're always, you know, it hurts enough when other people are, are being uh, mean and hateful to ourselves. But my gosh, if we actually were paying attention to what we're saying to ourselves day in and day out, year in and year out, it, it literally cripples us. So coming to that piece yes. of finding, being able to be your own, almost like your own best friend, because <laughs> if you think about it that way, is this really how you would talk to your best friend? Probably not, because they probably, if they had any healthy boundaries, would not be your friend <laughs> if you did that. Yes. Yeah. And the comparison I like to use is, is the language in my head, something I would allow someone to say to my best friend, mm. because if, you know, there's been times in my life and the language that was going on in my head about me, mm. if I heard somebody say that to another person, especially yeah. someone I cared about, I would be very angry. Yeah. 
And yet it's okay. Yet I was given myself permission to say those words to myself in my head. Yeah. And just that looking at that duality of what I believe is right and good. And why do I not have this love for myself? And started to really question, you know, where's all this coming from? Mm. And then start to dig down deeper into that rabbit hole. Mm. Um, you know, the, uh, the sutras of Patanjali really um, brought a lot of truth into my life. Um, the yamas and the niyamas are great guidelines. And I don't want to get into too much detail on that. I'm just saying the words so people can Google them. Mm-hmm. Um, but between the truth of the sutras and the um, guidelines, and I, and I call them guidelines because um, I don't think that we can just switch our life off like a switch. We've lived a certain way and to start to move into these other practices and belief systems with kindness and compassion to slowly take on what we acknowledge and know you know, as we read them, if they resonate with us, and it's probably something in us that sees it as truth. Mm-hmm. So what would happen if I started to live my life with the least amount of harm to everyone and everything around me? Mm-hmm. Just start making decisions that, that to live more truthful in my life and truthful, not just to other people, but truthful about what I'm saying to myself. You know, Mm -hmm. if I'm telling myself I'm ugly, fat, a bad person, is that really real? Or am I in some way trying to make myself better? Or are these voices I've heard from someone else in the past that I just can't seem to get out of my head? It it causes me to really look at it because truthfulness has to begin with my own conversation in my brain. Mm -hmm. Because if I can't even be truthful with who I am and kind in my speech, then how am I going to be able to do that from my heart to the people in my life? Yeah. And here's the piece where where um, some of this semi invisible it, it can be you know brought up because we you know we have all these different ways of of seeing things in the lab that we never could before, but we are basically just this conglomeration of cells and chemicals and electrical impulses and vibration and words, for example, are a vibration. They all hold their own. Everything in the world has its own vibration. Some have a higher vibration, some have a lower vibration. And this is why depression doesn't, we we talk about being down, you know, and depressed because being depressed feels heavy. It's hard to get yourself out of bed because you feel like a log was, you know, put on top of you because it's a very low vibration. Whereas love and gratitude and those types of things are higher vibration. That's why it feels uplifting. We, we have it even built into our language. So all of this has an effect then on, um, on our own body chemistry. And this is where you were talking about certain poses would feel uncomfortable or different emotions would come up because um, emotions do get stored in our body. Our body remembers. And um, so, and this is also why also massage therapists will have the same kind of uh, reaction from some people. They're just innocently giving their massage and all, all of a sudden they hit a spot and like all of a sudden people, they start crying or they're having different reactions. So um, they will tell uh-huh. you the same kind of reaction happens. Yep. Yeah. So. Absolutely. Yep. And, and uh, remember your hips are storing a lot of stuff that you might not be aware of. Mm. So, yep, there's a, there's a psoas muscle in particular. You might want to do a little research on anybody who's out there researching because there's energetic, spiritual, and emotional energy being stored in those hip joints. So, um, 
yeah, yeah. take a look at when you're doing some deep hip work and yoga, be ready for some stuff to be feel different when you walk out of the room. Yeah, yeah. I, I know a massage therapist. Yeah. She has a whole joke when she talks about the psoas. So. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Uh, okay, so um, we are going to be back. We're going to just take a little break, listen to these messages, but hang in there because we have more juicy stuff on how you can change your life with yoga. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Insight's Dramatic Weight Loss Coaching Program is a transformational program healing you from the inside out so you can finally achieve your healthy weight for good by resolving the underlying reason why you've been holding on to the weight. The program features nine transformational individual sessions. You'll rebuild gut health and reduce inflammation. It's not a diet. Instead, you'll learn how to make peace with food and develop clean eating as a lifestyle. Visit InsightsCounselingCenter.com to find out more. Everything is energy. It's all connected. Your energy can be seen as the foundation for your life and impacts all areas of living. Do you realize that your thoughts have the power to affect how you show up? Tune in for Healthy Energy with Margot, featuring host Margot Nielsen. Margot and her guests will show you that connecting to your energy is vital to your health, relationships, money, and more. Listen live every Monday at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Frankly Speaking About Cancer is a program designed to empower survivors and their caregivers to deal with the social and emotional challenges of cancer. The show will invite physicians, researchers, nurses, social workers, patients, and caregivers to share their advice on how to live a better life with cancer. Join host Kim Tibaldo, President and CEO of the Cancer Support Community, Tuesday afternoons at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. You are listening to Shift Happens with Karin Weary. Do you have a question or comment about today's program? If so, we'd love to hear from you. Call in to the live show at 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. Or send an email to W at insightscounselingcenter.com. Remember that Karin is spelled K-A-R-I-N. Now, back to Shift Happens. And thank you for hanging in there. We have a super exciting conversation today with Bill Kinlog about yoga and how yoga can be a crucial piece of becoming the director in your life, coming to a place where you awaken and and decide what is important for you. How do you define you? How do you show up in the world? And you mentioned at the end of last segment about sutras, and I that made me very curious. So I wanted to ask if you could share one of the, just a little glimpse into one of the sutras. Absolutely. Um, so... 
probably the biggest mind blower of my uh, yoga teacher training was learning about the sutras and reading them, talking about them, discussion groups, because there's my experience again, is there's so much truth in there. I think I could probably dedicate the rest of my life and never come to the end. Um, There's just so many real um, statements about the human experience, about what's going on in our bodies and in our minds and then how to kind of make sense of all of it. Um, and it's in such like plain, but different language. You hear words like self actualization and self realization and, and, you know, awareness and different words that I wasn't familiar with. One of my favorite sutras, there's four books, um, lots of quotes in each one. I want to get into too much detail, um, like four chapters almost. It's all in one thing. And by the way, written down about 5,000 years ago on palm leaves. That's mm. how important it was because there was no paper and it was written in Sanskrit. And oh, wow. Patanjali um, translated the Sanskrit so that the rest of the, the modern world could kind of get a handle on what it was. But um, book one, verse 14, or quote 14, however um, you acknowledge it, is um, it's basically life is, you know, the yoga journey is hard work mm. and a, a dedicated practice. And I'd like to use devotion as my translation and not so much dedication. Um, dedication somehow almost sounds like work, like I have to not do something else to do that. I kind of like the devotion word because it kind of implies more love, mm. more about self-love, that I'm worthy of devoting myself to something that I know is going to better me. Um, but it's not an easy, there's no easy ticket. It's not a secret. It's not a, um, you're going to give me this magic pill or this magic phrase. And then my whole life's going to make sense. The whole meaning of life idea that somebody can sum it up in a paragraph. It's a journey. Mm. And the journey begins with dedicating yourself, devoting yourself to this practice of yoga and finding out where that's going to take you because it's going to be a different experience for everybody, Mm. but it's vigorous practice daily it's it's, you're going to get out of it basically what you put into it and the more you put into it the more you devote yourself to it the more you're going to get out and how many things in life are like that you know what i mean that you know if i want to focus yeah if i want to focus on my health you know if i want to get healthier i focus on my health if i want my relationship to improve i focus on my relationship anything that you pay attention to you get movement on it changes the energy just like shining out a flashlight in the dark. The, you shine the flashlight, it brings the photons, it illuminates what's already there. Mm-hmm. It was there anyway. Yeah. We just couldn't see it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's kind of like what yoga does. All the belief systems, the truth, the love, the self-acceptance, all those things are there. Mm. Shine the light on it so that yeah. we can see it. Yeah. And then we can then understand it and bring it into our daily lives. Yeah. Yeah, that was such a beautiful way of of describing it with regards to, you know, shining the light on it. And and it's always been there. It's just a matter of paying attention, focusing and appreciating. That's where gratitude also come in, because when we talk about uh, commitment and and dedication and all that, uh, the first thing that comes up in my head is drudgery. And it's like, oh, it's a grind and this, that and the other. But that isn't at all what it has to be. It can be extremely enjoyable. And yes, there's some times here and there where you do things that it's not, you know, it's not the the fun Disney trip or the roller coaster and this, that, and the other. It, it, yeah, it, it is what you put into it. Yes. 
and and make no mistake about it and most people who have had any type of practice for any amount of time there is a yoga high it's a real thing mm. um it doesn't come from drugs it doesn't come from anything it's that exertion of your body and then you lay in shavasana afterwards and you gather all that spiritual energy back into your body and when when i get up i feel high Mm-hmm. I feel as if I've not only had a spiritual experience, but I've had somewhat of a, a release of tension and emotion in my body. Um, there is the, you know, the effort, and that's where the devotion is in the effort. And then there's the, the, the acceptance and gathering back of all that good stuff at the end. And when I walk out of a yoga studio, it's sometimes the happiest moment of my day. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I and I'm one of those people that snores sometimes in shavasana. <laughs> I will fall asleep sometimes because I'm at such peace, such peace, yeah. and I've had such a release that that relaxation comes over me, and I'll be that guy you hear snoring in the room <laughs> during shavasana. That will be. Yeah, it's a happy <laughs> snore. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes, it's peace. Yes. Yep. <laughs> and. Yeah. And and this just again goes right back to how when we move our bodies, our bodies are designed to be to move. We are not designed to be sedentary. And when we move our bodies in whichever way, it it helps our bodies produce all different kinds of chemicals that make us feel much better than when we're sitting down. And even with the, uh, when I was talking about the Ashtanga, how it's designed to help, you know, heat up and detox the body and, and, you know, bring release toxins from your organs and all that. This is, this is again, just showing the power of the body to do to do work that just helps clean us out, make us feel better emotionally, physically, spiritually. And when, as long as you are willing and open to go and, and do the work, there's a huge reward. <laughs> yes. And the, and the clean out is that mind, body, and spirit. Mm. So you, you get the emotional release. Um, but also, you know, if you understand the lymphatic system at all, the lymph nodes are all over your body. There's hundreds of them and they scrub and clean your body as you move. Mm. So if you're not moving, they don't have the ability to do their job except for maybe a couple of millimeters back and forth where they're located. But when you're twisting and moving your body and getting in all these interesting positions, your lymph nodes are being brought to places, you know, the skin is rubbing across them way farther than they normally would. So you're literally scrubbing your body clean of toxins by moving Wow, I love Which that. Is, yeah, yeah, it's 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 like it's not it's all three levels. It's mind, body, and spirit. So you have this devotion of love that brings you there, the spiritual experience you have releasing the emotions, and then this actual physical cleansing that's happening mm-hmm. with your lymphatic system, you know, cleansing your body through the lymph nodes. So there's so much release going on. I really think that's where that high comes from because simultaneously you're bringing all this energy together. The word yoga means union. It, it means, means the, the union, the union. union of mind, body, and spirit. Ah. So uh, that's where it all comes together right on that mat. Wow. And, I love that. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. Yes. So I can imagine that we may have some yoga studios who, with some filled classes after this, uh, and so which is a beautiful thing because we can make a lot of magic happen with that. And next, that week, would make me so happy. 
Yes, yes, absolutely. Re- shifting the vibration of the world, right? So now yes, next, absolutely. next week, we are going to have Josh Zeppi's back to talk more about money because guess what? It does take money, honey. Josh is an out-of-the-box thinker and what other ways we can create income to, that will give you meaning and purpose and get you out of the old rat race. A lot of people feel stuck in that space. So uh, go out there, do some yoga, get at the whole thing in, in union, your mind, body, spirit, and so that you can shine your beautiful inner light because the world needs your unique energy and talents and skills. So thank you again, Bill, for being on here today with me and sharing your inspirational story with the world. Thank you, Karen. I really appreciate you having me. All right. Namaste. Namaste. Thank you so much for tuning in to Shift Happens. Please join host Karin Weary for another edition of our program next Tuesday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time and 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. We wish you continued success as you discover the true you.